Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KXE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see this city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them into practice every day. For this episode, we're exploring the practice of hospitality. Pete Hughes caught up with Darren Rousen in a field in Somerset. Darren is the lead pastor of Garden Church in Long Beach, California. It's an amazing church that's just recently made a change to put hospitality at the heart of the life of the community. So here we are for the Pattern Podcast. I'm here with my great friend, Darren Rousen who pastors an incredible church in Long Beach, California, where the sun always shines. And he's here in the UK where the sun rarely shines. Um, But it's amazing to have you. And we're going to zoom in on the practice of hospitality. Um, So Darren, as a starting point then, how would you describe and articulate this practice of hospitality? And what does it communicate about Jesus and the kingdom of God? Yeah, I think hospitality is creating space and environment of welcoming people into your life, um, whether intentionally into your home or apartment, um, or creating a space in public where you are intentionally welcoming new people, um, people far from the Lord, uh, family, friends, in a way that makes them feel at home and comfortable. I think hospitality, um, is about sharing meals practically, creating uh, a, an intentional space of creating a time to share meals um, and connect with people and learn from them. There's so much more there. But as far as the kingdom and Jesus, the hospitality is is very strategic. It's a political statement. It's a religious statement. Um, and it, it has so many nuances to it in the scriptures. Jesus uses it very intentionally as a symbol of the coming of his kingdom. So hospitality for him is a symbol of embrace, mm-hmm. acceptance, forgiveness, and friendship. Um, and so when you see Jesus having meals with tax collectors and sinners, when you see him dining at Zacchaeus's house, it's making a statement to that context in time that he's embracing those individuals, those people, where they are, as they are. Um, and that's why it was so controversial for him to be dining. And so I think we've lost kind of the significance of that today. But as far as Jesus in the Gospels, when we look at Jesus having meals regularly with people, we have to see that it was an important practice of announcing the arrival of God's kingdom and what that meant when he had meals with those individuals. I mean, you and I live in pretty big cities. One of the defining features of of global cities often is high levels of isolation, like millions of people rammed together into fairly small space, but chronic loneliness and isolation. How can this simple practice begin to shape and influence that kind of culture? Well, I, I think that's really good. I think what you see is a loss of true hospitality. I think we see entertainment. We see uh, people having meals together, but not having intimate conversa- conversations or even intentionality around this, around what they're they're doing together. And I think it's it's a lack of of relationship. People don't know how to engage in relationship. And what hospitality does, when someone wants to practice hospitality, they're essentially opening up themselves to be vulnerable, to um, to welcome strangers, to welcome outsiders, to welcome friends, and, and be a host and welcome them, um, provide for them, be intentional about what the environment is like and how they are thinking and anticipating of the needs of their guests. Um, even, you know, in the Jewish practice in the Old Testament, there are so many commands and 
kind of um, guidelines for how to practice these these things for traveling for for foreigners, people that were not part of your village or your community. Um, and this was an intentional thing that we've done. And today, in our current climate, we've lost the ability of welcoming strangers. Everything we do is designed for our comfort, our security, our self. It's all based on ourself. And hospitality eliminates the self. It's an intentional practice of other awareness. It's about um, being very specific and intentional about including the outsiders, which you hear Jesus talk about all the time. And so today, what, what makes it so revolutionary is it, it, it expands the world of the person practicing it. So, so much of the world of what we do today makes our world smaller, right? So all of our, our, our social media, as much as we're connecting globally, it's actually making us smaller because all of a sudden, all of the curated um, uh, streams that we're reading and scrolling through are, are looking more and more like us. It's the same things we wear, the same people we vote for. It's the same style, music. And hospitality in its design, in its intention, is to actually love the stranger, right? So the word in Greek is to love a lover of strange things or a lover of strangers. And so it's a, it's a forced opening of self, expands your world, and it welcomes people in, which I think that's, that's a beautiful thing today. I mean, it's countercultural, obviously. So what, one of the things that we've been looking at in this idea of practices and patterns of living is that they're not just about shaping worldviews, mm. trying to win the battle of the mind, that these are actually embodied practices that get beneath the skin, almost underneath the car bonnet, and, and they begin to shape our desires. Mm. So through this regular practice of welcoming in the stranger, loving someone not like you, opening your heart to the other, how does that shape mm. us? Oh, so good. I mean... Let me just say, I was just having a conversation two days ago with a 22-year-old theological student, right? So he's studying theology, and he's, he's telling me how he's frustrated with his church about particular positions that they have about certain things. And I'm like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 22. I'm like, I remember being 22 and being so certain of my theology. I said, um, which is a really good thing, but I said, as you engage in relationship, where you open your heart to people who, are, who have different opinions, who have different political views, religious views— different life preferences. And when you actually become their friends, um, that those relationships shape the way you hold your theology with such conviction. And I think the key is compassion. It, this practice makes you compassionate. Even if you don't feel compassion, which is, uh, I, I always def- describe compassion as, as treating or acting and feeling towards others the way God acts and feels towards you because it's to be moved from within. Jesus was full of compassion. And I think our hearts have become so hardened that we don't include outsiders. We don't include people that are different than us. And I think because there's difference, there's fear. And so what this this discipline does is it invites the fear. It invites the discomfort. And as you do that more and more, you change. Mm. You you change. You you as you so as Alex and I, my wife and I started practicing inviting people into our homes, inviting people that are different than us that have different views. Um, it became began to shape the way we think about parenting. It began to sh- think about the way we do church. Like we started changing things in church because we realized we're using language. We have common um, friends that have the same values and. Uh, we're, we're recognizing the way we parent is so different than some of these other people. And it started to change the way we think about things in a good way, in a positive way. Um, and so I think that's the beauty, right? So that we, when we learn to listen, when we learn to um, invite difference, which is always hard at times because difference is always a challenge. 
um, that practice alone begins to not shape our mind. It shapes our heart. And that's what Jesus is after. He's a heart transformation um, brings a greater change. And the way you get to the heart is through disciplines with of the hand, right? Of, mm. of, you can just, we're going, like my wife and I, um, one of the ways we've done this is we just, we put empty slots on our calendar for outsiders in our home. We mm. just say, hey, once or twice a month on the calendar, there's a, there's a space in our calendar where we say that we're inviting so-and-so, and we don't always know who it is, but that's designed for people that are neighbors or people that are far from God. And it's not always easy. We don't always want to. It'd be much easier to invite, you know, Zach over and his wife and because we're best friends. But it says in the scriptures to like to welcome in stranger, to, to practice hospitality. That's one of the values or one of the expectations of leadership, right? And as overseers. And so, um, and and that discipline has has made us so much more aware of our community. What are the big obstacles to this? What are some of the obstacles to this practice of hospitality? I think the greatest challenge is busyness. Mm -hmm. People do not make time uh, for their for following Jesus. They don't make time for community. They want community on their own terms. And community is never on your own terms. Community <laughs> is an investment of time and commitment. And we have to say regularly, when you idealize community to be about the people that are like you, you actually miss the gift of real fellowship. Because fellowship in the, in, the, in the text, koinonia, the Greek word, is, is really spirit-filled community on mission. And that commonality comes when you choose to lay down your life and serve the common good, serve your brother and sister. I always tell people that are looking for a community and can't find it. If you're, if you're longing for community, go and serve people. Go and lay down your, learn to die to yourself. Well, you will always have community. And so one of, so one of the things is business. The other thing is the idealization of community. They need to lay down their expectations and invite that diversity and that uniqueness in and commit to it for a long period of time. I think the third thing is people will make excuses about space. I think that's the biggest one uh, for churches. It's like, oh, we need a building. We need more space. Everyone says that. And it's it no longer is true that if you build it, it will come. That's not the reality. But I think what you have to recognize is hospitality is a, a posture of the heart, mm -hmm. right? And it, you can do that at a restaurant. It's different, but you can do it in a tiny flat and make people feel completely at home. And you can only have, you know, four or five people around the table. Great. Or if you don't have a table, have a picnic in your, you know, on your floor. And that's, that's really what I think is necessary right now is recognizing that we make all these excuses um, to prevent us from actually experiencing the, the discipline or the gift of hospitality. I think people just need to stop making excuses and go for it. The church, yes. my, this is the thing. I have nothing clever to say, except the church just needs to be the church. Like it just needs to look at it and say, okay, Romans 12, practice hospitality. Figure out what that means and do it. Just yeah. be obedient to that. What does that mean for you as a single, as a stay-at-home mom, as a you know someone working 75 hours a week? How are you as a follower of Jesus practicing hospitality? As you read through the, the gospels, actually hospitality is like front and center. center Jesus yeah. just spent so yeah. much time. In fact, so much that he's accused of being a drunkard because he's at the parties where people <laughs> are drinking. Um, so if we were to do that, if we were to be the church, if yeah. we were to follow the way of Jesus yeah. and start seriously practicing hospitality, what would the impact be on London? First of all, church would be redefined from these 
institutional buildings, mm. these giant events, to actually it's happening everywhere all the time, yeah. right? So all the money and resources we're spending on getting people to an event would start we would start shifting and recognize actually the most important place for this to happen is for our church to be set on fire into their homes, at their mm. tables. Like, think about that. Mm. There's not enough room for, if, if London became Christian, mm. there would be no room for them in the churches that you have, right? Mm. There's not enough space for everyone. And so I was thinking, this This is why I started thinking about house churches. Like, if, if actually our vision of in Long Beach as it is in heaven became reality, we would be unprepared. Mm. God said, I want you to prepare. How do you prepare? Release the church. Mm-hmm. Where they are, and I think that's a big thing. Like so, so you 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 put um, you give the uh, the power of church back to the people, amazing, right? And so, if you recognize that actually the sacred space of your table is the primary place that God wants to build relationship with people through your through your casserole or mm-hmm. like whatever or your takeaway, yeah. you know, sushi, uh, whatever it is that you're eating, like that actually that that sets the church on fire and on mission. And now people are not just and this is the other thing, let me say this. Don't invite outsiders into your home to make them Christian. Mm. Like Jesus didn't love outsiders because he had a mission attached or a task or um, because he was trying to convert them. He loved them, period. Mm. Like, think about it. Jesus didn't just do things for the outcome. He he actually just loved them. And I think that's what we need to do is just love people without an agenda and welcome them into the life that we have. And I think a city would change. I think our communities would change. Our church will definitely change if they were released to do the things um, in their home and saw that as actually, don't come to this prayer meeting no, nothing against prayer meetings. Mm. We have prayer meetings. But actually, are you, are you, is your table full? The symbol today, especially as we navigate the polarity and the challenges of, um, of like politics and religious statements right now and where, where the world is going, the beauty of, of, of what hospitality is, is it's inviting relationship. And you can't, this is what I love, like you can't debate relationship. Mm. You can only embrace it or mm. reject it. And that's the thing is like, as we embrace people who are different, people who are outside, people who are hurting, um, our lives, our communities, our cities will change because they will see a different church, a different Jesus as we reflect the Jesus who welcomed the outside. Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spirit-filled patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.uk.